When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 17. Episode 50. This is Writing Excuses. Consistency, inconsistency, and the crushing weight of expectations. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Howard. And I'm Dong Wan. And I'm Dan. And this episode was my idea because today is December 3rd. Um, is it December 3rd? It, it is, is December 3rd. It's December 3rd. Wow, look at that. Um, we're recording this on December 3rd for December 11th because we realized we had a hole in our schedule of episodes. And we could not let that stand. And, and then we took a step back and had to ask, well, why not? What was, our, what, what was our original commitment to publishing an episode every week without fail? And I'm actually going to throw this question to Dan. Dan, do you remember, do you remember 2008? Do you remember back then when I we decided how often we were going to do this? 2008. Um, I don't remember if there was a specific decision made other than if we're going to do it weekly, let's make sure we do it every single week. Yeah. And, and see, that was my, that, that was my memory as well. And that was a 2008, I guess it was the only 2008 any of us got. Um, but back then, um, I was eight years in on what would become a 20-year run of Schlock Mercenary, where the daily webcomic updated every day without fail. And that was a thing that, and I'm not mincing any words here, made me feel important and special. And so I thought it was something that we should do with our podcast as well. And so we've inherited that. <laughs> here it is, 2022, very nearly 2023, and we're still insisting on putting this stuff out every week. Now, fair listener, we're not recording this episode in order to tell you that we're going to change that. We're going to explore how the crushing weight of your expectations drove this recording session and what the alternatives might be for those of you who publish newsletters or do other sorts of social media things, uh, Patreons, whatever else. Uh, let me th Throw it out to the well, to the august body I of two. I just want to say really quick that us doing an episode about how we never miss an episode kind of feels like the radio station constantly interrupting songs to tell you how they never interrupt the songs. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> when I pitched this episode originally to Dong Wan, I said, "Ooh, ooh, I have a silly meta meta idea." <laughs> Dan, it's important to let them know what they're getting, and so you need to remind them of what it is we're doing here. <laughs> it uh, is. Howard, question for you, actually. Is your streak completely unbroken? 
are you at 20 years of not missing a single day? Yes, uh, 20 years from June 12th of 2000 was the first strip through July 20th of 2020 was the final strip. Um, Every day has a strip on it, and all of those strips aired on the day which they were scheduled. There was this one time where the strip aired about eight hours late because a universal or an uninterruptible power supply in the server farm was configured incorrectly and power cut out and the generator didn't come on and then the UPS exploded and we had to we had to move to another host and I think that was in 06 um, and that was the point at which everybody just insisted I was metal and <laughs> couldn't be stopped when in, in point of fact that was uh, I know people who can solve technical problems and I have a buffer. <laughs> <laughs> How stressful has that been for you? Like, what does that feel like to know that every day I got to get this out? I mean, obviously you're banking some; those are in the bank in advance. But you know, what what's that process felt like? Um, it's like I, I couldn't have I couldn't have accurately described it um, until I was out the other side of it. Um, you ask a fish what water tastes like and they they're like what what does the world taste like no i am now like the fish who has crawled out onto dry land i'm like hmm water was nice air is different (laughs) um there was uh there was a constant pressure but it was also uh a piece of what i used to motivate me to 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 get me moving uh Mm -hmm. the idea that a strip that a day could go by without a strip was just absolutely unthinkable to me because I knew that if I missed one day, um, then it would be okay. And I would just start missing days over and over and over again. Right. So, but that's me. That's, I don't want to project that mindset onto other people. And that's where with this, with this whole discussion, we have to be careful. Well, and that's what I want to bring up next is I honestly, despite doing two of them. Uh, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. And so is never missing a week, is that actually a rare thing? Or does everyone do that? I I think as someone who listens to an insane amount of podcasts, um, it depends on the podcast. There there are many that I follow that are religious about week in, week out. Um, And then there's some who are like, yeah, we've missed four or five over the course of our several year run. And then there are some who update irregularly and you just get new content when you get new content. And, you know, I think one way that podcasters sort of get around the burnout component is by bundling them into seasons, right? So we'll do, you know, 10 episodes weekly and then take a break for two months while they prep the next season and then come back another 10 episodes. And I think that's a way to sort of manage that schedule and manage expectations because really that's what it comes down to. So much of this is what does your audience expect when when can they rely on you to be providing new content? And what commitments have we as creators made to that audience? You know? Yeah. And with with some of the the more produced uh I produced is the wrong the wrong word. Um uh and I don't want to put a negative connotation on it. The the more heavily produced, the higher production value uh uh podcasts, um run a lot like 
television seasons would run, which is, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to do a run of, you know, a couple of dozen episodes, and then we take a break. And during that break, what is happening is we are arranging for the sponsors and the ads and the content and whatever else for the next season. Um, and that's, well, you know, when you've got five or 25 people working on a thing, that makes a lot more sense than insisting that this is a, you know, weekly juggernaut that just never stops rolling mm-hmm. and outputting a thing. Well, yeah. and so much of the advice for authors these days is to create multiple touch points with the audience, right? So you have your books, but then you're also maybe you have a podcast, maybe you have a Patreon, a Substack, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, right? All these are ways in which you're interacting with your audience on a regular basis. So I think the reason I found this topic interesting was, you know, what's the logic behind how you structure that? How do you approach that? And how do you manage your own burnout and audience expectations at the same time? Yeah. Um, And, you know, on the subject of authors. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We should have a book of the week. Dan, did you bring us? Did, did you bring I one? I did bring a book of the week. Uh, so I am a big fan of Silvia Moreno-Garcia, and she has a relatively new one. I think it's a, a month or so old called The Daughter of Dr. Moreau, uh, which is a retelling of the island of Dr. Moreau um, set in the Yucatan Peninsula um, in the either early 1900s or late 1800s. I'm not deep enough into it to know exactly where. Um, But uh, Sylvia writes a a very distinct subset, subgenre that I adore, which is historical Mexican feminist horror. And if you're into that, she is so good. Um, Her, Her, the last year she put out one called Mexican Gothic, which was a haunted house story. This one is much more, um, kind of that 
you know, H.G. Wells, Dr. Moreau thing, but all from the point of view of uh, this daughter, you know, transplanted from France, uh, growing up in, you know, the Yucatan Peninsula, raised by a Mayan nanny, and then at the center of this giant culture clash, uh, ridden with this delightful horror science fiction element on top of it. Uh, it really good stuff. Uh, I'm not done with it yet, like I said, uh, but it's fantastic and I recommend it. So that is The Daughter of Dr. Moreau by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. That's tremendously sounds- exciting. Mexican Gothic was really one of my favorite reads last year. Oh, it was so good. Just terrific. This one, thus far, I'm liking even more. That's it, It's cool, and I love the way you described, and I'm, I'm going to make a point out of this. What, when, when you said the... The, the genres. Um, mm-hmm. what, name those off again. Um, historical Mexican horror. Okay. Uh, historical Mexican horror. Um, one of the things that's fun about following authors on social media um, is the discovery that if you like, for instance, horror, branching into a historical horror is not a big is not a big stretch, um, and you you start seeing some of these overlaps. If you like historical, um, b- branching into Mexican and horror at the same time, uh, that is that is not a big stretch. And so, yeah, when you say uh, Mexican historical horror, if you are into that thing, no, if you are into any of those things, there's a really good chance that you're going to like this new thing. And this is one of the reasons why uh, having some sort of presence on social media, on whatever, is useful to us so that we can find those, find those places where we overlap with people's existing interests and say, oh, well, you know, if you liked, if, if you liked The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you might actually like Schlock Mercenary. It's not a book. And it's not British, and it has pictures, and it's not as funny. But you know, um, but that whole there are enough parallels. Yeah, yeah, well, and you know, I think with the social media component, like having sort of those regular contact points, like I was talking about earlier, is you know can be really, really important, right? And I think having the daily updates, the regular updates that you were talking about from Schlock Mercenary. And I think the basic advice for Instagram right now is like post a reel a day, right? For TikTok, it's like regularly, make sure you're regularly updating your content. And that can be really important, but that can also create an enormous amount of pressure on creators. And I think it holds a lot of people back from even trying to start to build their brand that way. Um, I launched a newsletter a few years back. Uh, It's called Publishing is Hard. Um, I really love doing it. One thing that I decided before I launched it was I'm not going to commit to a regular schedule because I know me, I know what my life is like, I know how much work I have on my plate at any given time. And as a literary agent, the amount of work that I do goes up and down wildly. One week will be completely insane. The next week will be quiet, right? Um, And so it just wasn't realistic for me to make a commitment of, I'm going to send a newsletter every week. Now, my colleague Kate McKean also has a brilliant newsletter called uh, Agents and Books. She does two newsletters a week, right? And, you know, we both have different audiences, different strategies, different approaches. And it's really cool to see what she does and what I do is slightly different. 
Because I, at the beginning, said, I'm going to send these irregularly. And when I first created it, it was in sort of the copy that I made. And, you know, anybody who has followed it has known that there will be periods where you won't hear from me for a minute, but then I'll send a new one out. And, you know, the balance is you can sort of focus on regularity of getting the piece of content out. And it's usually a little bit shorter. It's a little bit more pointed. Or what I do is make sure that what I'm giving something, I'm trying to make sure every piece is pretty special to the audience, right? I'm, I'm putting a lot of care and craft into what I'm writing. Not that you don't for a daily update, but, you know, I'm, I'm giving something a little bit more emotional, I think, than what my colleague Kate does, right? So I, I think finding that balance point between, okay, if I'm not doing a weekly update, what am I offering my audience that sort of makes up for the lack of regularity in a way that balances it out for them? Yeah. Well, and to be sure here, if if we had decided that writing excuses was going to be a 30-minute episode instead of a 15-minute episode, um, the weekly schedule would have crushed us. Yeah. Because uh, the recording sessions, we'd, we just wouldn't have had enough time uh, to do the things that we wanted to do. Yeah, those people yeah. who do like weekly three-hour podcasts... I- unimaginable to me how they do that. I mean, it's just a bigger part of their lives. I think, you know, we all have primary things that we're doing that are incredibly time consuming. So we can fit in these 15 minute a week episodes, uh, which is just, again, a really different balance point, you know? You know, Dong Wan, you talked about how uh, the the, the crushing expectations can prevent people from even getting started. Um, For a while, I had a Twitch stream. I mean, I still have technically, a Twitch stream. I just haven't streamed in forever. Um, A Twitch stream in which the art that I was doing for the XDM books was showing up as part of the stream. And then something happened. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I realized the effort of configuring things so that I can stream this is preventing me from getting the work done. And the stress of having an audience in front of me is preventing me from doing the really hard work where I have to be unafraid of making mistakes. And, uh, and I, I'm just not comfortable doing that on stream, mm-hmm. um, which is weird to hear from the guy who's 20 or whose year 2000 artwork is available for everybody to look at. Um, uh, but yeah, long story short, I stopped streaming and started getting the work done. And so, yeah, the decision to create regular content can be a decision that results in less productivity. And that's not what any of us want. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the points I want to make here is this is not an episode about how you should start a podcast or about how you (laughs) should have a TikTok, right? We are not telling you that any of these outlets are necessary for an artist's career. What we're trying to get across is the idea that you need to look at your own output, at your own schedule, decide for yourself if one of these extra peripheral activities might be valuable to you, and then see what would be the best format to stick that into. If you want to do a podcast, do you want to do a quick and dirty weekly one like we're doing? Do you want to do something longer and researched that comes out in you know discrete chunks once a year? Um, how do you want to structure that? And maybe the answer is nothing at all. Uh, all three of us used to be on Typecast, which ran for about three years with different cast members here and there. 
uh, we really worked hard to make that a weekly thing as consistent as possible. It wasn't always. Um, and eventually we had to let go of it because our schedules became such that it was not worth our time anymore. Um, and sometimes that happens. Yeah, I think if I and have I any still point miss here, it. I do miss it too, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. If I have any point here, it's, it's, yeah, don't feel like you have to do these things. If you do do it, though, if you're thinking about it, don't be afraid to experiment, right? Um, don't feel like just because most or some newsletters are weekly that this is a thing that you're, you're tying yourself to that you're going to have to do every week. And I think that expectation can actually limit you more than open things up, right? So, you know, don't be afraid to experiment, try new things, and, you know, don't feel like you have to do the one piece of advice that you've heard elsewhere. You can do any regular schedule. Um, my only advice is, as you do that, to under-promise and over-deliver. If you're not sure you can do weekly, don't tell people up front you're doing weekly, right? Just say, I'm trying this out. It's an experiment. Let's see how it goes, right? I'm, I'm currently launching a, a monthly Twitch stream, and I've said many times, this is experimental. We're trying this out. You know, I'm trying to figure out how do I do scheduling? How do I coordinate this? How do I get guests on? All of this stuff. It's been super fun so far, pretty easy so far, but, you know, we'll see where I'm at in six months. Um, so, you know, just make sure that you're being realistic with yourself and realistic with your audience, because where this goes wrong is when people feel really misled. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, there have been times where I've underpromised and underdelivered, right? Like that happens. But, you know, I think if you have that relation with the audience, you can work with them and sort of make it up to them and find a way to balance that out. Yeah. Yeah. If you take away anything from this episode, underpromise, overdeliver, that's that that's your that's your sound bite. Thank you, Dong Wan. <laughs> that's a very You're good welcome. one. Words um, to live by. Let, let, let me throw out one more thing that uh that I've learned with my newsletter, uh, which I do try to send out regularly, uh, but regularly for me you is not tied to a day of the week or a day of the month. I try to do a monthly newsletter. But it is more important for me to get it out on a Monday than it is to get it out the first Monday of the month, uh, just because I know that that is the time when it is most likely to be seen and clicked on. Uh, and so that's a different kind of consistency and a, a different kind of schedule keeping to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hey, Dong Wan, uh, you want to send us home with some uh, homework? Yeah. So here's what I'd like all of you to do. Make a list of all of your regular commitments, the stuff that you're obligated to do every week, whether that's, you know, going to therapy, picking up your kids, you know, whatever it is that you have that is a regular thing, make it, put that on a list somewhere. And then once you have all that to get together, consider your bandwidth for adding new items to that list. Is that a daily Instagram post? Is that a weekly TikTok? Is that a newsletter? Is that this? Is that the, another thing? You know, Really think about what do I actually have time for? And then make a rough schedule of what content updates you could do in a sample month, right? What feels realistic? What feels manageable? Um, and then, you know, reduce that by a little bit, right? And that under-promise kind of component, right? Think about what feels realistic now and then realize that you're probably not going to hit that target. What's a little bit under that that you could shoot for? Um, yeah, and, you know, I think that's uh, a good place to get started in terms of putting together a content plan for yourself. Outstanding. That's, uh, it, it almost sounds like a life hack. Um, 
hey, uh, I think we did it. I think we filled our December 11th hole. So, uh, uh, fair listeners, this has been Writing Excuses. You are out of excuses. Now go write. This episode was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr. and mastered by Alex Jackson. Your hosts were Howard Taylor, Dong Wan Song, and Dan Wells. For more information, check out writingexcuses.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.